Welcome to Bevington Banter. Uh, we're back after a good Thanksgiving break. We hope you enjoyed that audio last week. And this week, instead of being without Randy, we are without Cade. So back to the original, like the first couple episodes, myself, Cassidy, and my dad, Randy. Um, as always, follow, share, give us a review wherever you're listening. And I guess welcome to mom's entire class of students who <laughs> all followed the podcast. Yeah, one of the students uh, said she, I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, said they were looking for a, a new podcast to listen to. And so they were going to check us out and, and kind of they're going to drop Ben Shapiro and oh, listen to us. And I don't I know thought about to myself, that. I'm going to have to tweet it at Ben Shapiro and let him know <laughs> that he's getting dumped for Bevington banter. Well, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's not threatened. I can probably talk as fast as Ben Shapiro. If that helps people make the switch. <laughs> Sometimes I have to check and make sure I don't have my eye catcher on like one and a, you know one and a half speed when he's talking. I'll look at. It and say, Is this? Am I got it? And he's like, Nope. That's his. That's what people speed. that's just been when they hear when they walk in and I'm like playing a podcast out loud. They're like, is this is this chipmunks? What is this? Because I listen to everything sped up. Yeah, well, then you must have to listen to uh, Michael Knowles. You must have listened to him on about one point seven five or two because hey, he's on Spotify, on Spotify, you can play it at three and a half times. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Which is convenient for when, you know, I'm just trying to get a listen for Bevington banter and not necessarily needing to listen because I've already listened to it like three times. Yeah, well, I just bought today. I just bought for our uh, your nieces, my granddaughters, uh, Matt Walsh's new book on Johnny the Walrus. It's absolutely genius. Have you uh, seen that or heard about it? Yeah, I'm aware of it. I listen. Yeah, to it's, just, Walsh it's, it's just a great way to um, deal with the whole issue of. Uh, gender identifies as and, and identification and all that kind of stuff without just coming out and saying it so he doesn't ever I would say that I, I think it's wise he never uses the term he said he never uses the word transgender right. in it because he doesn't want to introduce that to children he's really trying to introduce the idea of the the phrase identifies as and have that when you know to understand that that's ridiculous and that when they then hear it later in life they can relate it to this story of this mom right. who tried to allow her child to be a walrus and clearly that was crazy i actually think it's more productive for the parents who will be reading it to their children that is more aimed at them i'm not so sure that he is not aiming it more at the parents than he is the kids you know because obviously there's gonna there's a lot of problems when you uh try to raise your child as a walrus and they they can't live successfully that way because they're not walruses i mean um yeah i i thought it was pretty good i thought it was pretty good so anyways gotta support the cause so i bought the book very good just one more christmas present and as for thanksgiving i hope everybody had a great thanksgiving we certainly did and uh as uh, grandpa Cade would say i think everybody had a good time i know that i just it took me six days to finish off i just finally after eating turkey for virtually every single meal uh since thanksgiving <laughs> finally Ow. finished off the turkey yeah well try having thanksgiving where there's six people two of them are vegetarian another is gluten-free and the and others have just autoimmunes with dietary issues 
it was definitely, it's a different experience when we Thanksgiving now with just Cole's family, even in the way they used to do it. A very, a very small turkey, gluten-free pies. <laughs> Yuck. Lots of, what do you, he, he can't have gluten. It's not really, uh, it actually was, the pie was actually really good. I ate probably over the couple of days we were there, like half the apple pie to which ever, Tim was I've very ever- much like, is there any apple pie left? And I'm like, hey, it's here if you want it. They put the last piece <laughs> in a Tupperware for him to save it. Grab, grab and growl. Yeah. That's the, uh, hey, you've the been a victim. You've been a victim of that. Oh, me yeah. eating all the stuff before you get a chance. Yeah. Like Arcade. Grapes at dinner. Yeah. Arcade. I mean, good grief. You Molly go to take a nap and she'd get up and a whole flat of strawberries would be gone. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it, um, that's we had we were on the other extreme i had an eighth grade girl at our thanksgiving who had just shot a deer yeah well we're not against eating meat or we're not we don't eat not eat meat because it's like save the animals i'm not against hunting yeah i know i know but i'm just saying it's just the whole vegan and yeah we're over here we're over here having uh well we were in also i am May I must be allergic to California at Thanksgiving time because two years in a row now, after being in California for Thanksgiving, I've come back in the following week, had some kind of illness. So yeah. next year, I'm not going to California. They can come to us. It's just after the year you've just gotten your body detoxified, then you go back into it. Well, I've been to California other oh, that's times. True. It's that's just true. Thanksgiving. That's true. Yeah. You know, and I have a, I, it's really hard because I have a friend uh, from the Navy that, um, was the guy that I really got into working out and weightlifting with. And we've just, we've started communicating some, we've, well, we've been friends on Facebook for a while, but just started communicating more back and forth. And I would love to go out there and see him. It'd be so much fun to go out there and work out with him. He still, he still works out too. We're, we're pretty much the same age. So he, I think he's 61. I'm 62. Um, he just had a brain tumor removed. So he sent me a pretty big, uh, you know, gnarly picture of this scar across the top of his I'm head. I'm sure you love face. that. Yeah. So um, he actually said that his torn rotator cuff repair was worse than the brain surgery. But he's back to where he's working out now. I just would love to go out there and see him and work out. I just don't. The, every every molecule, every cell in my body rebels at the thought of putting a mask on my face. You know, I when we got to L.A., we and I'm looking out. Or actually, as we were like landing and flying over LA and you see all of it. And I, I just said to Cole, you know, there's always going to be this romanticism about LA and California to me and to him also, obviously growing up there and, and having all of our family there, but at the same time, and it is, a it's beautiful. It's an amazing state. It's an amazing and, state. But at the same time, I'm just like, uh, yuck, they've ruined it. Exactly. And it's, it's so aggravating because yep. it could be so wonderful. Yep. Yeah. What I mean you know, obviously mom grew up being born there, you know, in the sixties. I mean, I went there in uh, 82 originally. It was totally different. It was so, even San Diego at that time was a city of a million people, but it, it had, it's still a hometown feel to it and just so pretty and so much to do. And just, I mean, the sun and shorts, shorts like no kidding. every day and just and you, two hours you can be at the beach you can be at the mountains you can be at the desert i mean it's just where i want. got to leave my in-laws front door and do my morning run and end it in balboa and get a coffee on the beach you can't do that here you know right yeah it threw me there for a in second november 
Right. When I saw that you were at Balboa, because I guess I assumed I'm used to you guys always going to the north rather yeah. than realizing they were in Huntington or wherever. They're um, in Tustin. Was... Yeah. Okay. So. Although I do have to go back north. to California this weekend. But... Yeah. I told them your, your marathon is in Sacramento. California? Yeah. It's the California International and it ends at the Capitol. Oh. Luckily, we don't have to run in masks, but you do have yeah. to show proof of a vaccination or negative COVID test. Just so you know, though, there is one room in the Capitol that I know that's alarmed. You can't don't step <laughs> into it because when we toured it with Kate was a little toddler. He ran underneath the velvet rope into the alarmed room <laughs> and he, he didn't not. set the alarm off. He didn't set the alarm off under it. But yeah. when I had to step across the rope to try to grab him, whoop, whoop, whoop. The alarms go off, people come out of the woodwork. Anyway, uh, well, there are several court cases that we could talk about. There's always court cases going on. One, you remember that Jesse Smollett that faked his beating in Chicago in like negative 20 degrees? Well, he's finally on trial. Yep. In the middle years of a later vortex yeah and this got me they apparently have footage of them practicing yeah the <laughs> like day before the attack the thing is is they went <laughs> they chose that location because they knew it would be videoed but and they so they, they wanted that, that they wanted that for the actual the right. actual incident but, but in doing so they the knew that the place practice the day before to be. practice it and it got videoed of them practicing it <laughs> that's hilarious so not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But who knows what will happen to him. But much more important case, of course, is the new Mississippi abortion bill that was passed that makes abortion illegal after 15 weeks is now um, just started yesterday, I believe, being argued at the, yeah. Supreme, at the Supreme Court. And they say it's going to be a long time before there's any decision, like June or something. But... This could be a monumental case, uh, an opportunity. Well, basically, if they don't shoot this bill down, it it basically overrides Roe v. Wade and Casey versus Planned Parenthood. Yeah. What I the first thing I want to say about this is the argument that if Roe say were overturned, that it would end abortion. That is False. not true. People, please listen to me. All it simply does is become a state's right issue. States will decide state by state um, whether or not and how they're going to conduct abortions, what you know, how it's to be done, uh, what the what the time frames are, all those guys, it'd be done state by state. And you could travel to another state if you really wanted to have an abortion. You could travel to a state that allowed it and you could have the abortion. It's not going to end abortion. In fact, I would seriously doubt that you'd see much of a decrease in abortions in the, the in number, I, you know, so that's obviously not a good thing when you're killing, you know, 600,000 to a million babies a year. Um, I don't know that it would have a, a, a huge impact. It's certainly, I don't think going to have, it might reduce it by 25%, but I doubt that you're going to see some kind of 50% reduction. Not if I can go to a neighboring state that's convenient to get to and have the abortion. The other thing, I mean, if you want, I mean, I can, I have a few thoughts on this whole, on this thing. So um, one, if you listen to some of the arguments, one, one that's been highlighted a lot was uh, Justice Sotomayor made the argument that um, 
after people are brain dead, it has been demonstrated that they can still have involuntary muscle reflexes to stimuli. So her point that she was trying to make was, is that we don't know that just because we can see the fetus react to, you know, this intrusion. The forceps and the, yeah. Right. That it means that they're feeling pain. There's a big difference though in, in this, and that is there's more, they, they measure more than just simply seeing the baby move. They, they measure heart rate, blood pressure, these kinds of things demonstrating, you know, stress and anxiety that's taking place within the child. You don't get that with a physical reflex of somebody who is brain dead, but you can still get a, a muscular involuntary response. The other thing is the person who is say brain dead, um, but can still, re, you know, have a reflex reaction they're not going to get better. They're, they're not, they're not improving. They're not on the road to recovery. The baby is progressing. It is moving forward, getting day by day closer to having, you know, a life. It, it, it has ahead of it, potentially almost a hundred years of life, maybe, maybe even a hundred in some people's cases, it has a hundred years potentially of life ahead of it. The, the brain dead person who is simply having an involuntary muscle re reflex is not have does not have life ahead of it. And there's not it, it's not a person not recovering. It's not the same thing. So these are and the other thing I noticed was um, Justice Thomas was trying to get them to state where where is it in the you know Constitution? Give, give me what it is we're arguing here. Right. Um, you know, are we talking abortion? Because it's not in there. If you want to argue a second amendment, I know what that is. I can read it. It's in the constitution. And he's alluding to, to the idea that this is, we're arguing it's somehow a right to privacy that's in the constitution, which right. is absurd. Well, even the, even the right to privacy is not there. So right. you gotta, you gotta make up the right to privacy in order to get to the right for an abortion. Correct. So he, he, I mean, he, he did a pretty good job of that, making them just basically they had no res no response but to admit that yes we're arguing for the right, right. to abortion right and so i mean my question to these people right they say that this is okay because it's not a life or this body's attached to the other or whatever so have you ever heard of the sled test which is okay. so what makes this being not a life and when is it a life then because the other thing that this could do they could just change the viability you know the supreme court depending on how they rule could say we're leaving this letting this law go and the new because it's a 15-week bill the new definition of you know what's legal or what's a viability is going to be 15 weeks or when it's life but that becomes a slippery slope because now we have to decide when it becomes life so then the question is a sled test so s is for size so does the size of a human being define its value or worth make it greater than another because this body they say oh it's a small clump of cells or it's 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 so small inside the womb before it's been born but okay if that's true then the value of a 14 year old is more than a two-year-old right if size matters size your size does not define your value or worth in, as a human being or doesn't define if you are a human being or not there are small humans l is level of development same thing. If they say it's in the early stages of development, this life. Okay. Well, if that defines its personhood or value as a human being, then the same again is true of people outside of the womb, your level of development, a two-year-old versus an adult, right? Or any being who's still developing before they're fully developed wouldn't be have as much worth as an adult. E, environment. 
So they say, because it's inside the womb, it's not a life until it's outside of the womb. Well, my personhood and my value doesn't change whether I, depending on where I'm born, what nation I live in, what kind of government I live under, my environment as a human being makes no difference, doesn't define my personhood. And uh, then D is dependency. So they say, because the fetus is attached to the mother and dependent on the mother, then that is a reason that they say the whole, oh, if you woke up and someone was attached to you on life support or whatever, you know, the, so because it's dependent on the mother in that way, that is why they can terminate it. Well, there are people who are also dependent on other people. My level of dependency on other people for survival doesn't define my personhood. No, and not those only are that, all like the main arguments or right. the big arguments. They by say. that by that standard, uh, um, probably for most people in, in most situations, a child may have to be about ten or twelve years old before they could before, actually survive. Right, you apart could from there, up, you could kill them yeah. up to that point. The idea of the if I went to bed one night and I woke up and all and somebody had been attached to me and now they're dependent upon me. Well, guess what? I didn't make that choice. Right. When you yeah, conceive I'm, a child, I'm very... you, you made a choice. Now, you may have not wanted to get pregnant, but you made the choice to involve yourself in the activity that causes pregnancy. And don't say rape because that is less than rape and 1% incest is le- less, these, way less than 1%. Yeah, a fraction of a percent. Now, yes, I'm very pro choice. I'm pro abstinence, birth control, um, adoption motherhood. There's a lot of options right there. That's a lot of choices. I'm just not pro murdering people right. and babies. Watch the calendar. I mean, there's a number of, there's yeah, a lot of natural things family that, planning that you can do. One of the things I thought was really, and you know, maybe I should address this first. I, I don't want anybody to think I, I don't. One of the problems we have is we make this such a moral issue. We stigmatize somebody who gets pregnant. Yeah. Out I think of this is important. And, and, yeah. and, and I want to say this. I would say now I'm just I'm just speculating here, but it's my it's my thought that probably a good 75 percent of people who get married have been sexually active before before they're married. And if you really press me on it, I'm probably guessing low. I would agree. So we've all done it. Let's stop acting like we're somehow holier than the person who happens to just who just happened to get pregnant. That should just be taken off the table. And that would solve a lot of this issue about somebody being concerned to carry a pregnancy to, uh, you know, all the way through. To, I to do delivery. think that that stigma is less people being pregnant out of wedlock today. But the other thing is, but that's a, that's one half part of it. And the other part of it is once you deliver, you mentioned it, adoption is a completely realistic option. There are more people wanting to adopt babies than there are babies available to be adopted it also is one of the big causes of our reduction in we're you know not meeting replacement growth in our population i will reverend randy bevington will stand beside of anyone who has found themselves pregnant out of wedlock and i will support you i will support you celebrate i will not celebrate it with you but i will support you yes and encourage, encourage you and see you through it absolutely but I understand that it's a difficult situation and it'd be better if you weren't in that word. So we're not going to celebrate it, but I will support you. I have another where I thought you were going to go when you said to address the, I mean, the stigma and the moral issue. I think also something that we let fall by the wayside and especially the church 
doesn't address people who have gone through abortions and right. demonizing them. A lot of people may not have understood what they did, or they found themselves in a situation where they didn't feel like they had another option because they didn't have support because it was so, you know, negatively put on and they feel all this pressure. And I have great, great sympathy for them. And they are lied to. They're told this is going to be this easy thing, you know, a breeze, whatever, then you won't have to worry about it again. But the rates of depression afterward are so high. The aftermath and the emotional effects are huge for both men and women who participate in or take part in abortions. And I think that we need to do a better job also of offering um, healing and recovery for, for those people. Right. And I'll say that the first thing I'll say is it, towards that end, abortion is not an unpardonable sin. There's only one unpardonable and sin. It's listed in scripture. And it's not worse than It's not worse than any other sin. What you do with it with the same way you deal with any other uh, disobedience you've had before God, you confess it, you repent of it, and you move on. All God ever asks of us is wherever we find ourselves right now, how are we going to move forward in obedience to him? That's all he ever asks of us. We don't go backwards. So uh, yeah, that's really critically important to feel like that we, God absolutely is prepared, just waiting to forgive us when we, when we just acknowledge that, you know, we, we made a mistake and we're going to move forward. So if you're burdened by this and you feel like you have to keep silent, please don't keep silent. Find someone to talk to. Don't shout it like some, but to find healing. And there are a lot of, there are resources out there and like um, crisis pregnancy, pregnancy centers that also offer um, abortion recovery. So those are out there. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I thought was frustrating today, and I didn't really understand, and I think we have to get past this. It was brought up when the the state of Mississippi was making their case, and I forget which justice asked the asked this question, but they wanted to know if there were any, because they were bringing God into it. This, you know, this is a religious view, the way that you're saying, you know, when life starts and that isn't, and they said, isn't this religious? And so one of the male justices, I forget, I don't think it was Roberts. What's the other Gorsuch and it Kavanaugh. wasn't Kennedy. It wasn't, it may have been Kennedy. I, I don't know. Anyways. Um, anyways, they asked, do you have any atheist bioethicist that support your view? This is something that we need to understand when we have all of these constitutional debates, the constitution, whether you believe in God or not, whether you uh, are a deist or a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim, or whether you're an atheist, you know, whatever you are, we have to understand this when we're dealing with the constitution, which is the governing document for this country. It is from the very beginning of it. It states that this is basically a, a, a nation based on the belief that there is a God and that governs the constitution. And you don't have to get into all the background and history because it says from the very beginning, we are endowed with an alien inalienable rights from God. So everything flows from that. If, if you don't like that, if you don't want a constitution like that, then you have to change it. There is a procedure to amend. There are procedures to amend the constitution. They're spelled out in the constitution. So you can amend it, but until it's amended, that is the set of rules that we deal with. It is pointless to say, whether or not this is a religious argument or not, when it's based on the 
on the when it's a constitutional argument because the constitution starts out declaring that there is a god and we have rights that are inalienable that come from him well right then why would it and if there wasn't why would it even be wrong to end a life right. whether it was life or not so then we could take this argument all the way to its end to right why just in the womb why not out right. of the womb it, yeah right. it doesn't make sense like i you know i've said before I, I i would like to find one of these guys and just put a gun to their head and say tell me why i shouldn't pull the trigger i mean if you believe that there's zero reason why i shouldn't pull the trigger i, I bet i bet they i bet you they'd start coming up with some reasons you know my point is is that you can't discuss these things separate from our belief in God because the, 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 the governing document that we are operating under and whose job it, the, the Supreme Court is to interpret is based on the idea that we have inalienable rights that come from God, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And when it comes to you know the big question of abortion, uh, is it a lie? Is it? Is it a life? Is it human life? And, uh, you know, is it a distinct, distinct life, a, a unique life? And the answer is at conception. All of those are absolute. One, two human beings have conceived it. So it has to be human. Unique. Yeah, it's unique. It DNA. has to be human. It has its unique, its own unique DNA. So it is unique from mom and dad. And the cells begin to split, you know, and multiply and replicate. So therefore, by definition, Life. it is living. End of discussion. It's that clear. Speaking of life and the value of it, on the opposite end of pre of life at conception before birth, there are also, and you know, I'm shocked that this hasn't been talked about more in America yet, but there are a lot of countries specifically European countries where you can be euthanized. You can, yeah, well, I, there's, you know, you have to meet with counselors, all these things. I don't know. They probably have different standards in different places of age, illness, whatever, but doctor assisted suicide is legal in many places. And now in Germany, if you want to be euthanized, one of the, <laughs> A new requirements is that you are fully vaccinated for COVID. So if you want to come in and we're going to help kill you, you have right. to be vaccinated. Yeah, I saw that. All that means is they, they have another, what's going on there is there, there's another illness that they're not taking into account when they come up with policies like that. And that is the illness, illness of cranial rectitis. Because <laughs> you got your head, you got your head way up there. If you well, think that that's they say a thing. Back, or um, doctor assisted suicide, they requires closeness of of people. They say so you could transmit it. I guess before you die, Ugh. I could probably end your life out at a couple hundred yards. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It doesn't require closeness. I don't have to be that close to you. Well, no, we have to let them die with dignity because uh, doing it one, however they do it, is different. How is that more dignified than I get news yeah. for you? You'll be dead faster. It's true. With a five, five, six in the to head. the head than you will with whatever drugs. You won't even you. know it. It's true. Yeah. I would rather go as quick as possible. If I'm going to go, you know, no suffering. Like I've said, I'm not afraid of death per se. Cause I'm not afraid of, cause I know that I have right. eternal life and I'm going to be in paradise, but I am afraid of suffering. 
Right. There, that's one thing I, I noticed today, and this kind of bothered me. I was thinking about it. I saw a post of a, a, a Christian guy I know praying for, you know, a miracle for complete healing for this other Christian guy who I also know who's really old. I mean, really old. And yeah. it's like, why? I mean, God could do it, but I'm going to hit a why? point where I'm going to be like, you know, I'm just I'm take done. me out of here, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I know people. I have known people who have lived so long. It's like, I don't understand why I'm still here. I don't want to be here. I mean, I pray that God will like, just take me to heaven. Like, God, I'm what done. is left that you want me to do? Right. Is there something I need to do before you'll let me come? Right. right. I mean, what? I mean, we have one lady in our church who is 102 now. And when I go to see her, she says, I, I'm, 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 you know, I ask how she's doing. If I, I do it so good, I can't stand it. It's like she did. <laughs> And she, the only thing that changes in her is she gets shorter. Other than that. Wow. You've already started that process. Along. So by the time you uh, get to. Yeah, but that's not, that's not uh, bone density loss. Yeah. That's, that's a curvature of the spine. All right. Get this. Speaking I'm of. I'm getting more twisted all the time. Speaking of people over a hundred. Last month, a 105 year old woman set a new running world record for her age bracket because, you know, She's no one else one is that it. old. Exactly. I'm competing against myself. Apparently it's the Louisiana Senior Games. They call her Julia Hurricane Hawkins. She took up running aged 101. And at 105, she shuffled down the track and set like a 100 meter record. What was it? Uh, that one didn't have the time. It was just the story. That's why I wondered, did, did she won? Oh, like here we point? go. One Oh two. Oh, a minute, two seconds, a minute, two seconds and 95.95. So a minute and three to run a hundred meters. Yeah. So Usain Bolt does it in just in 10 seconds. Hey, she's but 105. No, I, I know. She I know. Oh, I know the fact that she, the fact that she did that is amazing. I mean, I wouldn't care enough. Yeah. You know, they actually make a board. My mother-in-law has one. It's this board that basically vibrates. You stand on it or you can sit on it. And it's for people who can't walk around and move too much, but that, that helps your circulatory system and your, you know, your vascular system. And so it's supposed to simulate that. And so if you do like 10 minutes on it or whatever, it's equivalent to whatever of walking. And so it just helps your circulatory. It vibrates. Yes. And we got I, on it. I was going to say and it I has can... levels from like one and actually the lower level. Cause it's like slower is like weirder. And then we cranked it to a hundred and it's like, I was going to say, I, I imagine it's like having the same effect of taking some, like when I mix up a pre-workout drink and I had to shake it to it mix it up. Weird. Is that what it's, it's just doing the same know, thing but like a paint can shaker yes yeah, so she's getting moving at 105 to help her vascular system she could just get a vibrating board to stand on yeah maybe she'd fall off of it well i got another topic i wanted to kind of comment on okay i see that um we know have we now have the omicron and folks let me just tell you for everybody it's that's omicron Omicron. Omicron. Look, I took Greek. It's Omicron. All I can tell you is my Greek. Prof I had a Greek professor. Okay. And well, I Biden keeps saying Omicron. I know. 
And it's driving man, me crazy. If you are reading the 1984 version of the NIV Bible, the man translated it. Okay. He was a translator on the 1984 NIV Bible. And he says, Oh, your professor. And he says Omicron. All right. That's the way he said it in class anyway. So anyways, you know, so now this is out. And of course, it's another chance for the government to grab more control, be more authoritarian, more tyrannical. And I heard uh, Peter Ducey um, ask the question, you know, because they are proposing uh, a quarantine for even Americans coming back into the country. It hasn't been passed, but it's being proposed. And it was basically you could be a U.S. citizen and you could be vaccinated and you could have tested positive as you were leaving Europe or whatever to come back to the U.S. Uh, and you still would have to quarantine for seven days. And he said, so what about the people coming across the border? Yeah, I heard this. South? And she said, oh, well, that's a different thing. Wasn't this Fauci? Not no, she. It was. I thought it was. I thought it was, I thought it was Fauci Patty. that said this is a different thing. Oh, I thought it was Peppermint Patty. Or what's what's um, Saki, Jen Saki. Um, so here's the thing. No, it's not a different thing because let's say that Juan and Lupe walked across the border uh, yesterday into Texas. If the same Juan and Lupe had gotten onto a plane in Spain and flown into LaGuardia yesterday, they would have been First of all, they probably wouldn't have been let into the country, but if they had been, they would have had to quarantine the exact same people there. Don't tell me it's different. It's just it's so aggravating. So the I confirmed that from Fox News story, it was Fauci. So Peter Ducey asked, you advised the president about the possibility of a new of new testing requirements for people coming into this country. Does that include everybody? The answer is yes, Fauci said, prompting Ducey to ask if migrants crossing the southern border were included. And the quote is, that's a different I issue, Fauci claimed. That's a different issue. Okay. No, well, it is not. Well, like I just explained, if the same two people, depending on how they entered the country, they'd be treated completely different. So you can't tell me it's a different thing when the exact same people coming into the country would have been treated differently. It's not different. So... Um, not to mention, even if you get Omicron, you're just tired, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, um, man, a little, a little some people tired. be like, that's every day. The, well, that's what mom was reading through the, um, she was reading through the, uh, you know, symptoms. I'm like, you know, they make these symptoms so that I have at least one of those symptoms every day All of my the time. life. <laughs> yeah. Every day of my life, I have at least one of those symptoms going on in my body. And I, I think they want to do that. I think they want it. I think they want it that way. Well, why do you think people love WebMD so much? So they can find their symptoms, everything. Search your symptoms. Yeah. Brain tumor. I'm dying. Well, as far as I can tell, using WebMD, pretty much everybody I know has uh, Asperger syndrome. So I'm on board with that. Yeah, they're, they're about, you know, at least eight for 10 of the symptoms I can identify in most people I know. I listened to a fascinating podcast today that talked about how your gut microbiome may actually play into the development of things like your level on the, it can't necessarily, we can't necessarily cure autism, but if you catch some of these things like leaky gut, 
as a child early right. on can be an indicator that you might that they might develop as autistic and some other things even that may indicate um like parkinson's later on and if we can correct them early hmm. it's fascinating and the way that your gut microbiome actually has like a separate it's a, it's a, it's like a separate brain and it actually produces uh, most of the serotonin in your body it doesn't come from your brain it comes from your gut system well i know somebody that would so argue your that diet my- can really really does affect your mood and your health like more than we mm. ever knew wow well and i know your mother's people- diet when they were pregnant with you I would know. I know some people that would suggest that guys' brains are actually a little bit lower than that, but than your gut. Oh. <laughs> but, go. anyways, I, what's that podcast? I I'd like to listen. It to was that. a stuff you should know. I'll send you the link to that episode. Okay. Huh. That was really well, interesting. Well, I know. That, I know that if I ever, if I'm ever going to get some kind of like disease, mental condition, I'd like to have, I'd like to have Asperger's combined with Tourette's. So you could just be really I could just be rude and, and yeah, and just yeah. It's like the ultimate notes. excuse for just saying yeah. whatever you want to say. Osbergers and Tourettes. I'm like, sorry, I, mean, I can't. Just, I have no social skills and I you probably, can't stop myself from saying I'm anything. Have, nobody's gonna want to be around me. <laughs> okay, you say that, but I had a roommate for a summer program who then was my sweet mate for an entire year of college who had Asperger's and Tourette's. Right. Yeah. And yeah, she and was. so do you, do you just chalk really it up hard, to like, yeah. I mean, do you just chalk it up to like, to be yeah. honest, there are probably worse people. I would probably choose there to be around people. her than a lot of other people, but yeah, she's what about, and what about uh, her? If, if she just were quieter, I could have handled whatever she said. What about her as compared to somebody who was like a hyper nerd intellectual snob? Well, she also was really, really smart and knew it. Oh, so she knew that's a different thing when you know it. Yeah. But there were probably areas she wasn't but then, smart in. Yes. And so she had a real struggle in adjusting to being at such a high academic school where she was struggling always... with something for the first time and not right. knowing how to process, not understanding it. Right. But, but if you got her into some area of the arts, she found though. a guy that loved her and you know what? Good for her. Yeah. She made yeah. it. Because a lot of those people the... don't graduate. A lot of people with Asperger's there don't graduate because they just can't stick to like doing the work and taking care of themselves mm. enough and they fail out. Right. They're not, it's not that they're not smart enough. They just can't stay disciplined enough. But... I remember when you graduated, there was a guy that graduated with five degrees. And when they and they um read, you know, when they, he was walking down the aisle, he looked like a homeless man in a robe and gown exactly just shuffling about. along. You know what I'm saying? Degrees were like closely related because like to get math and physics majors for me, like it wasn't that many extra classes. Right. So he probably had engineering physics. He had computer computer or something or or other. Yeah. yeah. But But he he looked like a homeless man wearing a robe and a great gown, just disheveled and walking along glassy eyed. Yeah. The school that we're referencing is called Rose Holman Institute of Technology. And it has been US News number one undergraduate engineering school for like 20 plus 20 years. plus years now so when we say you got five degrees from this place like that is yeah and if you want to be in a stem field in four and years get, and be guaranteed to get a job go to rose holman because they all graduate with jobs before they ever it'll for, also much. cost you an arm and a leg unless you get the government well, to pay for unless, it yeah like like somebody i know <laughs> not only can you they will they pay for it you can end up actually profiting from it and 
buying a new car and having it paid off by the time you graduate. <laughs> and have it then use the money they paid you while you were there to go to seminary. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Earlier, you were talking about, this is a total topic change. You were talking about our constitution being made like right there. It says, you know, God in it, all this stuff. And it reminded me of something I was going to ask you. You listened obviously to the episode that Kate and I did when you were out. And I was wondering, you know, this idea of our country found on God, but the people's conception of God is so messed up. And so I was wondering what, if you had any thoughts about the fact of about the sheer number of young people who call themselves Christian, but really are not and don't know it. Right. It's several things. Um, one is I, I was talking to Kate afterwards um, about you guys' podcast and, and the numbers that you were putting out there after, you know, the, from the surveys. One, it, it proves something I've said for decades now. If you ask people a question, they'll give you an answer whether they have any idea what they're talking about or not, or whether they've ever given you an ounce of thought about it. If you ask them a question, they'll give you an answer. That's a good point. And so that's what you're getting. No thought, no, no understanding. And the other thing is a lot of no understanding because there's been such a poor over the last, you know, especially 15 years, such a degradation in our description and our teaching on what Christianity is. Um, people, they just don't know because they have, they've been given, these younger people have been given such a poor explanation in teaching on what real Christianity is. Therefore you can say, well, I am, I am Christian, but I don't believe in heaven or, you know, or I don't believe in hell or I don't believe in the devil or I don't, you know, the idea of evil, or I don't believe that we're all fallen by nature. And at the same time, they still believe they're Christian because it's just such a lousy, lousy job uh, of teaching on what true Christianity is. And yeah, there were numbers that definitely crossed over that there's no way both of these things can be true. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's very sad to me that the misunderstanding portion, because I forget who said the quote, but the, like the only thing worse than not being saved is thinking that you have assurance of salvation and not having it. Right. I, I listen to a number of guys that I like and they, they, they very are pro pro God and pro Christianity, but in some areas of their lives, it doesn't govern the way they act and the way they speak. And that, I think that's concerning. Do they really understand I mean, when you say the Bible, God says, and I believe it's God speaking in his word, you know, that we are not supposed to involve ourselves in coarse talking and joking. That, that leaves a few, <laughs> that leaves some people I know, uh, certainly in a, in a compromised area. That leaves a show that you guys that have I, to watch and I listen like. to that I yes, don't. Very problematic. I, have, I find it very hard to listen to that show. It is, but unfortunately it is one of the most informative in in ways that none of the other shows i guess you could say the one guy that has cranked it up a notch also does not say he's christian right right yes one of the new people on the show that's been brought in they were like that does not claim to be christian right yeah crowder i mean i'm saying crowder crowder's always been that way yeah i I find it hard like when kate when kate first mentioned him and i checked him out i'm like i can't listen to this yeah but then i found that sometimes some of his information is so is good. I know. I skipped through. To me, even when they start, because they also beat a dead horse 
on jokes that I'm like, right. this is not funny right. at all. Yeah. So I can skip forward like five minutes and then yeah, you're now on the 20th pun. Uh, yeah. Two would have been sufficient. Yeah. Santa, Santa's got some, we got boxes piling up that are showing up at our door. And I know some of them are, well, I saw one of them had your name on yeah, it. Yeah, It's the girl's presence. Oh, well, man, I don't know how they're going to fit in their house. <laughs> you can keep them at your house. Hey, I will say this on that topic, fitting in their house, because we thought they were going to have to move it here. You know, uh, our daughter-in-law, Courtney, got her exempt. She got her exemption. And the thing is, I don't understand about all this. And I told I told mom this when um, the CSM, I said, I don't know when, when the OSHA thing was basically stayed by the Fifth Circuit. I said, I don't know how the CSM one can't be stayed either, because it's the exact same legal principle. It may what be through CSM? a different agency. Um, it's it's the medical. It's one one that governs all the medical oh, health care. Okay. Um, anyways, it's exact. It's still at a federal level. It's the exact same legal principle. And sure enough, they've now are they stayed. fighting it now? Oh, no, they, they came out as a ban on ten states, and then like a day or two later, they they right. stayed it her hospital didn't just give her an exemption. They lifted the mandate. They lifted it because which because, is very hopeful for us. However, but, Nevada. You know, the, the nursing school hasn't changed its tune, but I did a lot of research today of potential places to transfer to and move should we need to Ohio. Um, to find. Yeah, I, I did research on every public university in Ohio. And thank you for giving us an address to use for residency. Here's the thing, though, with Ohio, Ohio um, passed a law about two weeks ago now saying that you cannot mandate vaccines in the state of ohio that's the one i think that really did in like memorial and stuff because it's one thing for the say you can't mandate vaccines through csm but a private company in my understanding could still mandate their employees Just because they want but when to. the state says if you're going to do business in this state you cannot like disney just back down and pulled their mandate from all their employees at disney world in florida they, because Florida oh, said yeah, because nobody the in the state thing. of Florida can mandate their employees to get vaccinated. And, and Disney fought it for a while, but they finally backed down and pulled their mandate. So even a company as big as Disney, they cannot mandate their workers in the state of Florida to get vaccinated. And that's what all the states need to do. So is mom going to all of a sudden be a very passionate USC fan again. I feel like in their down years, she's been less extreme. I feel like she used to be so in on, so all in on them. Why are they going to be good? Lincoln Riley. That's oh, I, I get that, all their they, names. Did they confused. hire him? Yes. Lincoln okay, Riley. I, not, I knew that it was a possibility, but I didn't know they had. Oh yeah. Lincoln Riley. And he's taken like all his staff and a lot of the guys that committed to OU. Well, I'll year. tell you this, that, that guy can coach. Yes. He can't. I mean, I'm not, and I, don't, I, I mean, he's blown me away with what he's done with Oklahoma. I, in fact, I was just thinking this last week is like, you know what? I think I like Oklahoma, even though they beat Ohio State a couple of years ago. And what's yeah, his we face acted like Mayfield. a jerk. Yeah. But yeah, Baker, but, but, but man, he, I mean, he took what Stoops was doing and, and he just left Stoops standard in the dust. Right. So think about this. It's the recruiting thing is what blows my mind that USC can't be good when all of the talent, Name you could name the top name the top quarterbacks all over the league. Ohio State's quarterbacks from California, um, Bryce Young from Alabama's from California. They're all from California, and they can't get the talent at USC. 
they right. all are that's, leave. That's what when I, Pete Carroll was there, none right. of those guys left right. uh, North California. That's what I and marveled. That's what this is going to change. Lincoln Riley, those guys are going to stay around and they're, and right. it's that's the what I, they should, they will climb to the top of the Pac 12 very quickly and then become a name. I mean, not next year, right. but give it a couple of years and yeah. Two or three years. I, the, I, I've marveled the last couple of years about how USC doesn't have talent. It's like, how do you not have talent? It's everywhere around you. And I mean, look, it's just, I, yeah, that, that was shocking to me that they've so dropped off in talent and talent in the recruiting does matter because I'm going to say this, the reason Ohio state was so good under Urban Meyer because he was a great recruiter because I'm just going to say it. And if all of you Ohio state people out there, listen to me, Urban Meyer sucks as a coach. I agree. I wasn't sad to see him go as a, play calling he's horrible he hasn't he hasn't he is going to ruin trevor what's um trevor lawrence trevor lawrence he is a great quarterback urban meyer wouldn't know what to do with a quarterback if it if it hit him upside the head he has no idea what to do with a quarterback that's why we had athletes playing quarterback we did not have quarterbacks we had we had athletic guys at quarterback until we had Dwayne haskins was more of a pocket pat more of a passer and then Justin Fields obviously is a, was a ridiculous talent, but that was in the transition. Before that, all those guys that we were winning with were just athletic. C.J. Stroud is the best quarterback quarterback, quarterback we've had yes. since Pocket passer, either yeah. Art Sleister or Tom Zach. Right now, after he does him. not do well, but this he's really early. It's really young. He yeah, does not do well when he's pressured to get out of the pocket. Yeah, and he does not like to run, but. I, I will cut him some slack. At this point, as a first-year quarterback, oh, yeah. he is the best quarterback yes. we've had since Art Schleister. Um, and, But I, I also think that – um, shoot, what's his name, Brian? And Kelly. I was in college when Art Schleister was there. So the, the Notre Dame <laughs> so, coach. Oh, Brian Kelly. Yes. I, speaking of recruiting, I think one of them – when I heard him that he moved, it was some very sudden that he was going to LSU. My first thought was, why would you go to the SEC – from Notre Dame when you're so close right there. And I, the, my first thought was it's gotta be because the sec is going to be, you're going to have way more challenging path to get to the playoffs because you have to now at Notre Dame, you don't have the benefit of a conference championship to get you there, but you have to compete in the sec and L- LSU to get there. However, recruiting is going to be so much easier because the right. academic standard right. there and in Louisiana, you're going to have more talent and right. it's just going to be way easier. In the South, period. Yeah. Plus, plus he doesn't have to, um, he, he doesn't, ha- he, it isn't going to be any, no matter how hard on him the LSU boosters are, it's not going to be harder than the Notre Dame boosters. There won't be, there won't be more pressure on him from the alumni and the boosters mm-hmm. and all that of the school than there was at, at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a, as high a pressure college job uh, from the alumni and boosters as you, as there is in college football. Why is that? So it's they not going to be worse. expect championships though. He's done an amazing thing there. What he, what they were when he got there. Right. I know, but he had to but fight the, tooth and nail. For but do you know how many, but do you know how many, um, coaches they went through to get to him? Yeah. I will say LSU, they, they, were burning, me, they were burning through big name coaches that weren't winning more than, you know, maybe 60% of their games and they were gone. LSU to me has a hard, it would be a tough for me to not pick them in the uniform game. Those colors are sharp to me. They're nice. I, like. I still think Ohio State is classically good looking well, college football uniforms, but LSU is nice. Yeah. The thing with LSU has got going for it. If you can, if you can spell cat and dog 
three out of four times, you're you'll you'll be that's what I said academically. Yeah, you're gonna get in. That's what I'm saying. Right. At Notre Dame, he probably but, had a really hard time finding guys who could get in yeah. and stay in. And there you had to basically be able, right. You got a pulse. Come play football. Right. It's not like Stanford or or, or Northwestern or Notre Dame or somewhere like that that you got to meet the academic yeah. standard. I did see somebody like Luke Fickle is going to stay at Cincinnati and it sounds like they're going to hire the, yeah, but, or they're going to promote the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, but they're going to, um, Cincinnati's moving into the big 12. Oh, they are in, in 2023 in place of Oklahoma and Texas, which yeah. is what part of Texas is the Southeastern conference. That's ridiculous. Uh, but a and has been and in they're the gonna SEC get their for how booties for kicked like all four years over now? the place. Yeah. Yeah, to start with, to start, I mean, that's the hope is that you can They think that this of, will finally make them Texas again? Like every year we've heard for the last however many years, like, oh, this could be the year. Texas is back. Texas I'll is back. I'll tell you what, A&M. It's like, a, no, Vince Young was Texas. Right. But A&M was, uh, well, and, they're, and the coach too, Mac Brown. Yeah. Um, A&M was a, always a, a very good college football team in my younger years. And then they fell into this very, you know, solid so mediocrity Nebraska. okay yeah solid mediocrity but since they've moved into the sec th- they have become a, a better football program hmm. more money i guess and more vi- you know, more tv visibility and is that true anymore everybody's on tv now yeah but and, but you're on Nebraska, tv but it's not national not nationally that's yeah. the difference and actually the conference i think moving to the big 10 is what it was huge hurt nebraska a lot because now they're playing a lot farther from home and to get those guys to say oh you can like guys from texas hey come play for us because then they had the recruiting pool of texas when they're playing against texas it's like you know once a year however many times a year we're going to be like like a home your parent will be close to home they can come watch whatever versus now we're playing the other direction farther away right i never thought they lost a recruiting pool I never thought Maryland and Rutgers made sense to move in. It makes no sense. The The commercial cracks me up where they have the map and they go across all the big 10 schools and they're like going around and when they like zoom out and the, the relative distances, I'm like, that's not right at all. Like plus, plus Maryland has really never been a football. They try to make it look like it's a collective. And I'm like, no, that's not, it's not even close. Right. And, and Rutgers was never very good until, except when Shiano was there and then he left and they went back in the toilet. Now they've brought him back to me, a school like Pitt, Pitt would have made a lot more sense or Cincinnati, you know, to come into the big 10, man, that is honestly the Obviously, there's a lot of heartbreak. We don't know how to cope with loss. So as Ohio State fans, because it rarely happens. So that was tough. But we are now not going to get an Ohio State Cincinnati game, which would have been a potential and pretty tasty. Yeah, you you want to talk about the demands on a college coach. Earl Bruce was the football coach. Um, Well, I think Woody Hayes was still there like when I first started at Ohio State and for like one year. And then it was Earl Bruce. Earl Bruce lost his job to John Cooper and John Cooper then lost his job to Trestle. Um, But Earl Bruce and, and John Cooper both lost their jobs. The fewest games they ever won as coaches was nine games. Yeah. And they lost their jobs. Good seasons winning. Yes. You never like, I don't care how much you'd have to pay me so much to be the coach that followed Nick Saban out of Alabama. Not a chance. No, not a chance. 
You want to follow the guy that followed the guy. Yes. Or maybe two, like you said, maybe Trestle, who was two guys removed. Yeah. And that's the way it is with a, it's the same way in pastoring. Just know that too. You don't ever go to a big successful church after the guy who built the church leaves. Oh no. Like the founder. Yeah. Right. Or a guy that's been there for or 20 years big, and the church yeah. has done really well under that person. So um, yeah, you want to be the person that follows the person. I guess I should say person, not guy. Sorry <laughs> okay. about that. I'm not offended. 